I kind of got put in the spot after a, a beginning like that, and here we go. I appreciate history, and uh, August of next year, I'll be halfway to where she's at, so I got <laughs> Let's switch our minds to Matthew chapter 4. I invite your attention to Matthew chapter 4, and this is the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And as we know this account quite well, but before I read uh, the first 11 verses, a few things I want you to note. First of all, this happened immediately after Jesus was baptized. So Jesus, his baptism, and he comes up out of the water, and verse 17 says, A voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in who I am well pleased. So we're talking about temptation, but prior to that, we see a a mountaintop experience. And as Jesus was baptized, he comes to this point in his life, but right after these verses, we see he begins his ministry. So Satan started, Satan came to tempt Jesus right before this, his new launch into his earthly ministry and right after his baptism. So before I read these verses, I'd like to just go over and give you four things to keep in mind as we read. Number one, folks, this is Jesus being tempted. Our Lord here is facing temptation. Number two, take close note to the timing of the temptation. Verse 2 says that Jesus was hungry. This is right after his time of fasting. Number 3, note how Jesus uses Scripture to reply to Satan. And number 4, let's just think about what we can learn as we look at this account. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then would Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh them up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he said unto them, All these things will I give thee, if... Thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Three points. Number one, living by the word of God. Number two, do not tempt the Lord. And number three, worship the Lord thy God. Verse one, then. So here we have immediately after his baptism, and three of the Gospels stress this fact. And I, can't, I want to emphasize that as much as I can. Right after a mountaintop experience, right after his time spent close with God, he had, he, the comment came, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. 
When father says that to son, it makes you feel good. Mother to daughter as well. And here God is saying that to Jesus. What a comment. That's been a very special time, experience with God. Then, right after that, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we could pause there and ask the question, why? Verse 1 tells us to be tempted of the devil. Is, is that the reason? That's obviously a part of it. But we also see that it's a, a time for fasting. The Bible, verse 2 says, 40 days and 40 nights. And recently here we had a topic on fasting. Uh, Brother Philip shared on that just a few weeks ago. But Jesus was about to begin his ministry, as we talked about in verses 12 through 17. And he saw, thought that it was good to, and important to, to get away, spend time alone with God. And here we see he took time to separate himself from food, as we're going to see here shortly, and also from everything else. Why? To prepare for his earthly ministry. So we could say, why? Was it for temptation? Yes. Was it for fasting? Yes. And then also the question comes to mind, was it to fulfill Scripture? And Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 say, Seeing that we have this great high priest that has passed into heaven... Into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And then verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And here's the point I'd like to bring out. But was in all points tempted like as we are, comma, yet without sin. A time to be tempted. And the title for the message this morning is Victory Through Temptation. And I said earlier, yes, we're talking about how Jesus was tempted. And we're going to look here shortly, very shortly, how we are tempted as well. And we're also going to see how Jesus had victory. But what I'd like to leave us with this morning is that we too can have victory through times of temptations. So Jesus set aside 40 days to be alone with God. And the Bible tells us that it was after the time of fasting that Satan came unto him. And also, in verse 2, says that Jesus was hungry at this point. So point number one, living by the word of God. Did you notice that when Satan came to Jesus, he kept saying, if thou be, if thou be. The first temptation uh, was by Satan was for Jesus to prove his deity by using his power, which he had, for personal reasons. And that was to appeal to physical appetite. If thou be the Son of God, Satan was doubting who Jesus actually was all three times. If you are this person, then do thus and thus. If you are this person, then do this. He had to prove, Satan wanted Jesus to prove who he was. Let's just stop at verse 2 for a second. 40 days and 40 nights. That is two days shy of six weeks. How many people fasted for a month already? This is, probably should not even be public knowledge, but I see no hands, FYI. My hand cannot go up. We could go down and say a week. My point is, after fasting for a day, I know someone who is very hungry. And here Jesus did for two days shy of six weeks. And by this time, Jesus was ready for some food, which we all are at this point. And Satan came along questioning the very power and the very ability and the very authority of Jesus Christ. So Satan had waited until Jesus was faint with hunger, so to speak. Then he said, uh, turn these stones into bread and eat. Gentlemen, I mean, folks, Satan knows how 
not only knows how, but also knows when, and he knows where to tempt us. Timing, I said, when I read the verse, I said, just think of the timing of this temptation. For Jesus here, it was in the wilderness. No bread, no water, and a time when he was truly in need of, in need of food. And this temptation here, he said, uh, if thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. This temptation appeals to the lust of the flesh, tempted to fulfill personal hunger. And I, I think we're all aware that bread would have tasted good at this point. But think about the tactic that Satan used and had he used it today. Coming at Jesus right after a mountaintop experience, right before the launching of his new work, his earthly ministry, and doing moments of, uh, of physical weakness after almost six weeks of not eating. And I had to think about this. I noticed during I, in my schedule, I planned, okay, tonight I'm going to study. And sometimes during that day, I face all kinds of struggles and trials. It just seems like Satan comes at you. Folks, Satan has no respect for anyone. And what he likes to do and what he was attempting to do to Jesus here is to distract and cause him to stumble and fall. So we go, or my mind went to 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, which was, we talked about this morning, as a roaring lion walketh about. And then the verse says, seeking whom he may devour. And I think the subject of temptation helps us get a, a better understanding of this verse. Going back to Jesus, he, he is full of compassion and mercy. And that's who we know Jesus to be. He came seeking to save the lost, desire to save those, desire to get those who were in darkness and bring them into the light. Peter also tells us it's not his will that anyone should die outside his fold. So that's, as Christians, that's who we know Jesus is. But Satan is the exact opposite. He's attempting to do the exact opposite of what Jesus is trying to do. And he comes along seeking to kill and to destroy. So the question could be asked, well, could Jesus have done what is written here? Absolutely. Jesus could have taken them stones, I believe, and turned them into soft loaves of warm bread. But instead of yielding to satisfying the lust of the flesh, Jesus, or the, the, the satisfying the flesh, Jesus uh, flashed the sword of the Spirit, and quoted from Deuteronomy. All three times he was tempted, he goes back to Old Testament. Deuteronomy 8.3, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna. We're talking about the children of Israel here. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee to know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Deuteronomy 8. Three. Thank you. That's not water. <clears throat> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We see here in verse 2 that Jesus fasted. So that tells you and I that uh, Jesus ate food while he was here on this earth, right? And today, we too need to eat to nourish our bodies if we, in order to live and to survive. And that's what we plan to do here in a few hours. But there, that's the physical side of life as we eat to sustain our bodies. But then you go to the spiritual side, and the Bible says we are fed by the Word of God. So when we read and meditate on the Word of God and we feast upon that, we're actually filling ourselves with the Word of God. 
So in times of temptation, Jesus, what did he do? He quoted scripture. He knew the word of God. And there's great importance for you and I today that we know the word of God. We need to have the word of God at the tip of our tongue so we can quote scripture during times of temptation. Satan questioned the deity of Jesus. As I said earlier, if you are the, uh, the son of God. So the question I had here is what would have been wrong with Jesus revealing his power at this point and proving his deity? The way it looks, they were, in the, they were alone. Satan came to him. Uh, I see they're in the wilderness. So it's, it's just the two of them. He said, hey, if you're the son of God, just turn these stones into bread. And from what I gather, no, no one else around. What would have been wrong with Jesus saying, and then there's some warm bread? Folks, proof is not God's way. Faith is God's way. God is not looking for proof. He's looking for, he wants us to exhibit our faith in him. God wants to be trusted and loved. There are plenty of proofs that Jesus is the son of God. I think we are well aware of that. But it takes an act of faith needs to be taken. No one has seen God. So we, God cannot be known by physical senses. To know God is to take, as we say sometimes, a leap of faith. We, need, we reach out to God in an act of belief and believe that God is and he will reward our faith to him. Satan, Jesus didn't have to prove who he was to us and to Satan. We don't have to have God come and prove to us, but we believe by faith. And that is what, what God wants us to do. He said, men are not going to live by bread alone, but by the word of God. And our faith in Jesus Christ will determine where we will spend eternity. And we live by our faith in the word of God. Jesus quoted Old Testament to, deliver the, uh, to speak truth to Satan, although it's not something he wanted to hear. So as we look at this, I got to this point in my study, and then I got to another question that came up. Why are we tempted? Satan tempted Jesus. Satan tempts us. Why? What's the reason for it? Is, is there a reason? George Sweeting said this, Every temptation is an opportunity for us to draw nearer to God. Wisdom from him as well as wisdom from Elizabeth when she was saying too, telling us just to keep near to God. But we need to be careful how we view times of temptations. And then we have our dear friend James back here in the New Testament. He says, my brother, my brethren, count it all joy. And he uses that word joy when you fall into divers or various temptations. Okay, we'll pause for a second. We're supposed to be happy when we're tempted. Then he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We go through times of trials and temptations, so we come out the other side being better people. James 1.12, he also said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. So first of all, we're supposed to have joy, James says. Second of all, we're a blessed people if we do. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Temptation, folks, strengthens our faith in the Lord. And not saying this morning that we're weak in the faith, but let's remember, that's one of the first things I said was that we're looking this morning at Jesus being tempted. And when we're tempted as well, it strengthens our faith. Temptation, as hard as it may be, has the, has, is designed to draw us closer 
and closer and closer to God. And not saying we're miles away, but even so, wherever we are at, still closer and closer. Martin Luther, when I find myself assailed by temptation, I forthwith lay hold of some text of the Bible which Jesus extends to me. Temptation, as we see here with Jesus, and as we see with that quote, was never designed to make us fall, but to make us grow stronger. When tempted, go to Christ and his word. Temptation <clears throat> reveals our inability, or lack of strength, if you will, to overcome on our own. So we, we're tempted and we, and we realize, whoa, 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 I can't handle this on my own. So what it does, it shows us our need to rely on the power of God so that we can be overcomers. I said earlier, Jesus is, is full of compassion and mercy and not willing that any should perish. Well, our, he has designed our lives, if you will, to continue to draw him closer and closer and closer to him. Picture a funnel upside down. Just get closer and closer to the Lord. And he takes us on mountaintop experiences. And then we can praise the Lord as did this morning. I mean, that, that's great. But he also takes us through the valley experiences, not to tell us so we find a side road to take. No, but to continue to draw him closer, draw us closer and closer to him. We're human. He knows who we are. He created us. But we need that to be, to be drawn closer and closer to him. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory. We're talking about victory through temptation. This is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So we want to have victory? We need faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Believing takes faith. So we narrow it down briefly that victory is found in Jesus Christ. Okay, think about it. We're not expected, we were never expected to fight through temptation on our own. God didn't uh, put you here this morning, and tomorrow he's going to put you in a time of temptation, and he'll be shopping elsewhere. No, he, he didn't do it. He didn't, we're not tempted so we can be, fight through on our own. It's a time of drawing near to God. And the more the person seeks to serve God, the more a person can expect to be tempted. Picture that funnel again. The closer we get to God, the more Satan's going to attack. Because he knows that he's losing ground, which is good for on Christ's side. But Satan says, oh, no, I've got to come attack that person more. So the more we try to get close, the closer we try to get to God, the more we're going to be attacked or tempted. So think about it. Temptation is to be expected. It's going to be the norm, norm, not the exception. So that might be bad news. I'm here this morning telling all of you that you're going to be tempted. Yeah, but we have the power and we have the word, which we need, as Jesus did, to take back, to experience his victory. Also, the more a person seeks to serve God, the more communion he needs with God. And Jesus took 40 days that time. You know what? For you and I this morning, time alone with God is essential. A quiet time in God's word as we, we meditate and commune and worship is an absolute essential for the believer as we grow and mature in our Christian faith. But along with that, something to remember, spiritual strength and spiritual maturity does not exempt a person from temptation. So you could say, well, if I just grow stronger and stronger and stronger spiritually, soon I'll temptation, I won't be tempted anymore. That's, 
We need to remember, believers will be tempted. Even the Son of God was tempted, as we see here in Matthew 4. Number one, man should not live a better alone. Number two, do not tempt the Lord. Do not tempt the Lord. Take them up to a holy city. Set them on the pinnacle in the temple. If thou be the Son of God, again, questioning who Jesus really was, cast thyself down. Here, temptation number two, Jesus, Satan is saying, prove your deity by doing something that's spectacular. Draw attention to yourself, Jesus. Gain honor among men. And this temptation here appeals to the pride, the pride of life, the desire for fame. And I, I picture Jesus, uh, it's the pinnacle of the temple, from what I gathered, it's a high point in the temple where people actually were. So he's saying, uh, no bungee cord, just jump. Then he quoted scripture. He quoted Psalm 91, 11, and 12. Although he misused it, he said, for he shall, that Psalm says, so he, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in thy hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Satan is saying, if, I keep emphasizing that word, if you really believe the scriptures, then jump. And the temptation Jesus was, was use your divine powers, Jesus, to become a wonder worker, to attract people to you, become great in the eyes of men. And today, men say, if you want to make a scene, be seen, a desire to become known, well-liked and followed in the eyes of men. But in response to this temptation, Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And very simply stated here this morning, it is our duty to trust God and not to tempt him. It's, it's God's desire for, for you and I as his children to believe him because of his love for us. And it's not a belief based upon events and happenings. In the sports world, you follow someone because he can hit a lot of home runs. Oh, he's great. That's not how it is in our spiritual lives. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to have to prove myself to you. You can follow me because you love me. And we love and, and serve him because of his love for us, because of his death for us. And not something, some spectacular event that, that we saw with our eyes. And then I had to think of Thomas. Thomas said, unless, I mean, you know the story, but unless I see and touch, I will not believe. And in response to that, Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. And then he said something for the rest of us this morning. He said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So how or when are we guilty of tempting the Lord? Do we ever tempt the Lord? And this happens when doubt leads us to demand something of God to prove himself to us. And we can go to Gideon, you know, well, if I wake up, I can wring some water out of the sponge and I'll believe, then I'll, I'll, I'll do what he wants you to do. And there's, there's balance in that as well. But we, we tempt the Lord when we doubt and then demand. And that's similar to the approach that Satan used here. If, why not just prove it? And he told Jesus to prove that God's word was true by forcing the hand of God. And there's, here's where we see the air comes in. And that's not a, the way to a correct relationship with God. You know, we as humans need to refrain from asking such a request from God. Instead, 
We are to accept his word by faith and without requiring a sign. If you go to Luke 11, uh, there were a group of people that required a sign, and Jesus called them an evil generation. So the end of that point is, don't tempt the Lord, but believe by faith. Then we get to verse 8, and we get to the third point, worship the Lord thy God. Again, the, take, the devil taken up into an exceeding high mountain, uh, if you can picture that. And it says, all the kings of the world and the glory of them. And I'm not sure how Satan could give them to the Lord when actually the Lord created them, but I didn't dig into that real hard. But he said, all these will I give you if you're just going to fall down and worship me. And here he tempted Jesus to turn his back on God for wealth and fame. And he tempted Jesus to prove his deity by compromise. So he's saying, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me, then you will be able to enjoy glory without enduring the suffering. So Christ was tempted to compromise his ministry and his mission to secure the world without the cross and without paying the price. Because at this time, Jesus knew why he had came to earth. So the temptation could be said, use your divine powers by worshiping me and win the world by a method other than suffering on the cross. That's what he's saying here. If you just worship me, I'll give this all to you. All will be yours. And then there Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 10.20, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and him shalt thou serve. You know, folks, there's no shortcuts to accomplishing the will of God. Nor should we try to detour around the instructions given in his word. The commands in God's word are given to us to follow. Not that he gave them to us and say, okay, here is, here's the, the roadmap. Now try to find an easier way. Now we're just supposed to follow. We are called to worship only the Lord our God. And when you look at that, I see God is, could you say, asking for, or could you say demanding, or could you say it's required. But the word I'm looking at is loyalty. God said, you know, you worship only the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. God wants our loyalty. God wants our faithfulness. God wants our devotion. God wants our allegiance. God wants our steadfastness to him. Yeah, he wants our all. What happens when, when a person yields to the temptation from Satan, what they're actually doing is switching their loyalty from God to the devil. But Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 6 that we cannot serve two masters. We need to remain loyal to the Lord our God couple verses from 2 Timothy, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth, or that is fighting, entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So what we see here, let's remain focused. The, the verse ends that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Are we loyal to Jesus Christ? Are we serving him and him, and, and him only? Satan's goal was to distract Jesus from his true mission for coming to this earth. And today, he's trying to distract the children of God and to draw them away from things in life that really matter. Talking to a brother last night, how it's, we're, just, we're busy, busy, busy people. That's not all wrong, doing the right things, but we can't just get distracted from the things that really matter. But Satan comes and he wants us to live for the world only. Don't worry about and other things, just live here, live for the world. 
So he, what he does, he tries to distract us so that we ignore the fact that our soul is destined to live forever. Satan wants our attention, our energy, and all our efforts. And he wants us to be given over to this world and to this life only. So he tries to, for, to get us to forget the fact that he alone is a deceiver and a liar. And to forget that the kings of this world are only temporary. Just for a very, very few short years. He tries to get us to live for, for this amount of time in light of eternity. And he was tempting our very Lord and our Savior. Also, Satan promises nothing. While God promises eternal life for all who remain faithful until the end. I repeat, Satan promises nothing, but his lies are huge. He tries to get us to see the glamour, and this is the good side of life. But his promises are nothing. But yet God promises eternal life for those who remain faithful. Verse 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Jesus was tempted, but he experienced the victory. He did not fall into the traps that Satan set for him. Meyer and Allsberger put it this way. He illustrates the fact that Jesus is the only person who knows the full weight of temptation. He said, for, for the moment that we yield to a temptation, the intensity of it terminates. So if you're tempted to fill in the blank, and you do, well, you're no longer tempted. You understand? Because now you, you gave in. He says... I quote, if a storm should sweep through the woods, leaving in its trail many broken trees, we might ask, well, which trees know the full brunt of the storm? And obviously, only the ones that are still standing know the full intensity of what just passed over them. Those that broke on the onslaught, under the onslaught of the storm from that point on did not experience further the intensity of the storm. So when we yield and give in, the storm, the, the temptation will pass over and we switch our loyalty. But if we stand strong, then we, that's when the full weight of temptation is felt when we refuse to give in and we accept the full blow. The full blow. There's three things in closing like we can learn. Satan takes full advantage of our circumstances to tempt us. We see here he waited until Jesus was hungry to issue the, the temptation regarding food. So I, I repeat, he knows when and where to tempt us as well. Number two, Satan's temptations are often seen to be the strongest immediately after we've experienced remarkable blessings from God. Folks, here at, uh, that's by often after revival meetings, we, we tell you pray for the evangelist, pray for him, because it's oftentimes after a week of a mountaintop experience like that that, he's tempted, that evangelist is tempted the most. That's exactly what we see here. Satan knows when to come at us. Some of the source trials might come right after a time of spiritual renewal in our lives. I go back to the final. We're getting drawn closer to God, and Satan is just throwing all kinds of darts and attacks at us. Number three, we are to meet the temptations of Satan just like, Satan, just like Jesus did. Brothers and sisters, use appropriate scripture to reply to Satan. When he comes tempting you, just, you know the scripture. It's on, your finger, it's on the tip of your tongue. Quote scripture, and he, as we see here, the devil left him, and victory was his. The devil will flee. He can't stand up against the power of the word of God. 
We, scripture could be said as, as like darts that we throw at the devil when he comes with, to us with temptations so that we too can gain the victory. So fellow believers, temptations will come. Okay, that, that we got. But if when we know the word of God, that will prepare us and allow us to experience the victory that Jesus did here in Matthew 4. We need to reply with the word of God and victory will be ours. Let's pause for prayer. God Almighty, we just come before you here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are such a great example for us to follow. Lord, we read about a low time in your life when right after your baptism, which was a mountaintop experience, then you come to be tempted by Satan. And we learned so much how to respond. And you responded with scripture. Not a lot more said. You just quoted scripture, and afterwards Satan left. Lord, I pray for each soul here this morning that we too can feast upon the word of God, fill our hearts and our lives with the truth of God's word, that when we are tempted, that we can quote scripture and you will, and the Satan will flee and we will gain the victory. Lord, help us to remember the, upside, the final what's upside down and just, just draw closer and closer to you. And as hard as it may be, Lord, we thank you for times of temptations because it's a time of drawing closer to you. And I pray again for each one here, Lord, if they are tempted this week, that they can realize that, Lord, that it's the Satan coming at them, but we have you in our hearts, and we are stronger than Satan, and we can apply Scripture to the temptation and live in victory, and it be a way of just drawing close, yet ever yet so closer to you. Dismiss us with your blessing. Direct us, we pray in your name. Amen. A song, please.